Welcome to the Real Biblical Manor Podcast, where we are dedicated to sharing the life-changing truth from God's Word in a clear and exciting way. Join us each week for practical guidance on Christian living, prayer, prophecy, and more. Be sure to follow our podcast so you can be notified each week of new episodes that will lead you into a deeper relationship with Christ as we commit ourselves to studying the Bible and following its teachings. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review and also share it with your friends. Thank you for listening, and let's get started with another episode. In today's lesson, we'll be covering what the Bible says about God's special book. Our scripture reading comes from Psalm chapter 119, verses 6 through 9, and Psalm chapter 10, verses 4 through 12. There's something fascinating about exploring the unknown. Because of this, many people seek to uncover the secrets that are on the ocean floor. They go searching within deep recesses of caves and even penetrating through some of the densest jungles. As people search out these secrets unconsciously, they come in contact with God, who is the author of all creation. For this reason, it is sometimes said that God has revealed himself through the book of nature. But there's another book of God that is even more interesting to explore. That book is the Bible. Some of the greatest principles that it contains are commonly known. They underlie our whole social structure. In a test that was given of high school students, eight out of nine could not name three prophets of the Old Testament. Ten out of 18 could not name three of Jesus' disciples. In a New York grammar school, 351 students out of 1,373 students had never even heard of the Ten Commandments. In a university test, 7% could not name one book of the Old Testament. This study will lead us into a preliminary explanation of our textbook, the Bible. We will go through a few facts about the most wonderful book in the world, our Bible, the sword of the spirit. So what are the scriptures and what is included within them? The sacred writings in the time of Christ included the writings of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. If we take a look at Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 45, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms, concerning me. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Here, Jesus points out three divisions of the Old Testament and speaks of them as making up the scriptures. The word Bible simply means merely the book, and the word Bible is not found in the Bible. The 66 books in the Bible were written over a period of 1,500 years by 35 to 40 different writers. These books are called the Word of God or the Scriptures. The word Scriptures simply means writings. Thus, sacred Scriptures means sacred writing. The writings of the Apostles were also recognized as part of Scriptures. If we take a look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, as also in all his epistles, 
speaking in them of these things, and which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Now here, Peter considers the Apostle Paul's writing as part of the scriptures, and doubtless he felt the same about the writings of the other apostles. Much of the beauty and depth of divine truth is lost to those who read only the New Testament. Jesus and his disciples preached and quoted from the Old Testament entirely since they were the only scriptures during that day. The references in the New Testament to the word scriptures refers to the Old Testament. There's complete harmony between the Old Testament and the New Testament. They are a unit standing or falling together. The old is the foundation for the new. There are more than 250 direct quotations from the Old Testament in the New Testament. One professor says that the book of Revelation is absolutely steeped in the memories, incidents, thoughts, and language of the church's past. It is the perfect mosaic of passages from the Old Testament. Another has likened the Bible to a Damascus blade of woven wire, which was heated, forged, and tempered in such a manner that the edges were irresistible. So the Old Testament and the New Testament are interwoven, heated, and welded in the fire of divine inspiration until they come to us as what? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And you can reference that in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. So how were the scriptures given? Although men did the writing, God was responsible for the inspiration and the content of the sacred scriptures. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Let's take a look at 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. It reads, The prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The author Hastings wrote, Here are words written by kings, emperors, princes, poets, sages, philosophers, by fishermen and statesmen, by men learned in the wisdom of Egypt, educated in the schools of Babylon, and trained at the feet of the rabbis in Jerusalem. It is written by men in exile, in the desert, in the shepherd's tents, in green pastures, and beside still waters. Among its authors, we find the tax gatherer, the herdsman, the gatherer of sycamore fruit. We find poor men, rich men, statesmen, preachers, exiles, captains, legislators, judges, men of every grade and class. This wonderful volume is in reality a library filled with history, genealogy, ethnology, law, ethics, prophecy, poetry, eloquence, medicine, sanitary science, political economy, and perfect rules for the conduct of personal and social life. It contains all kinds of writings, but what a jumble it would be if 66 books were written in this way by ordinary men. Suppose, for instance, that we get 66 medical books written by 35 or 40 different doctors, bind them all together, and attempt to doctor a man according to the book. Or suppose you get 35 ministers to write a book on theology and then see if you can find leather strong enough to hold the books together. Voltaire said, The Bible is an exploded book. He has been dead more than 150 years. 
His theory was what exploded. Ingersoll said the Bible would not be read in 10 years time. Today, the Bible outsells any other 100 books that are combined together. The Bible is like a cube of granite. You may turn it as you please, and it's always right side up. So why were the scriptures given? A knowledge of the scriptures is profitable for this life and the next. Let's take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. It reads, From a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Romans chapter 15, verse 4, John chapter 17, verse 17 are your ending references for that passage. The word doctrine simply means teaching. It means guide. It means rule. So the scriptures can give us the rules for living the perfect life. Unless in our Christian living, we stand for something, it then is simply but a spineless and ineffective life. The guides to right living that are given to us as doctrines in the scriptures are basically spiritual and are as important to the Christian life as our skeletons are to our muscles, to our flesh, to our sinew, and the organs of our own bodies. The word reproof, the scriptures reprove us. This we can prove any day by reading them. They will say, thou art the man. Do you remember that passage? Correction. Thank God the scriptures not only reprove, but they tell us the correct way and lead us to the power that is able to help us. The word of God is quick and powerful. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm chapter 119 verse 11. So these scriptures give us the necessary correction. There's a story of a young man who had newly come to the city and he was having a hard time. His companion said, let's stage a hold up because this world owes us a living some way. So they set out. But suddenly, the young man stopped. It was like letters of fire flashed on his conscience, the words, thou shall not steal. And he refused to go any further. So what happened there? The words of God saved him from beginning a life of crime. Instruction and learning. One verse of scripture is worth a whole book of man's words. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. That's Psalms chapter 119, verse 130. What is the chafe to the wheat, saith the Lord, in Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 28? Why take less when we may choose the wheat? Comfort and hope. In the mountains of the West, a man and his nephew had lost their way. They were strangers in the area, and they had a considerable amount of money on them. So they were fearful with the night approaching. So they stopped at a cabin, and as they prepared for bed, they heard low mumbling words in the adjoining room where they had left the family of the husband, wife, and their grown son. They began to hear movement of chairs and low mumbling again. So they wondered, could this be a plot to rob and kill us, the visitors? So the nephew crept to the door and peered through the keyhole. He quickly stepped back and said, everything is all right. Now, why did he say that? Because he had seen this family kneeling in prayer. 
They had read from the Bible, pushed back their chairs, and knelt for prayer. The stranger felt perfectly safe, and they were soon sleeping peacefully. Christ is revealed as the central figure in the sacred writing. If we look at John chapter 5, verse 39, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Here, Jesus was telling the people of his day that though they were searching the scriptures diligently in the quest for eternal life, that they had misunderstood the prophecies. They had read about the Messiah and did not even recognize the giver of life, Jesus Christ himself, who was even standing right there amongst them. So how can we understand the scriptures? The Bereans of the New Testament times were commended because they studied the scriptures every day. If we look at Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, these, the Bereans, were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Studying every day and willingly receiving the truth is an example of nobility left us by the Bereans. You can review Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, Isaiah chapter 28, verse 10, also John chapter 7 and verse 17. We must receive the Spirit's guidance in order to understand the scriptures rightly. How do we know? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 12. God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The Spirit must be a teacher for us. The Spirit is a teacher for us. The world by wisdom knew not God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. It doesn't matter how much a person studies if they have not the Spirit of God to guide. You will not learn God's way. Often, wrong conclusions are reached by doing such. John chapter 16, verse 13. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23. How can we be assisted in our Bible study? We can be assisted by good people whom Christ has called to teach his word. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. It reads, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, the Gospel Commission envisions the teaching of God's truth by every believer. But we have been warned against false teachers and given a standard by which we are to judge the teaching of every man. The scripture tells us to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. You can do further study in Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20 on that passage. The Bible then is the standard, and we may be guided in our study and understanding of it by what? By the Holy Spirit. So how can we have the Holy Spirit to guide us? In order to receive the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we must pray for his presence when we study the Bible. Let's look at Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. 
We must ask. We must pray for him. We must pray for the Holy Spirit. Without prayer, there's no spirit to guide us. To have the Spirit's guidance, we must also be willing to obey God. How do we know this? Let's take a look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. It reads, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If we look at Acts chapter 5 and verse 32, it tells us, we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey him. You can also do additional study in John chapter 7, verse 17, and Psalm chapter 119, verse 100. Are we willing to be led? Are we willing to obey? At this point comes the real battle. Do we truly want to be led? Do we truly want to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us? Here's the struggle that comes with stubborn will and rebellious hearts. There are many homes that are unhappy because of this argument, the argument over who is going to lead. Man and wife are one, but sometimes there's that hard deciding factor of which is to lead. The human heart wants to have its own way. Our flesh wants to do its own things. Nations want it their own way. But with God, there is only one way. What way is that? That is his way, and it is for our own good. He will lead us if we follow, but he will not drive us, right? We have to make that distinction. God will lead if we're willing to follow. But one thing he does not do is drive and push us. The meek he will guide in judgment. The meek he will teach in his way. That's Psalms chapter 25, verse 9. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. Psalms chapter 119, verse 100. Jesus Christ, the Bible, and the Spirit of God are the guides for us. They're lights for us as Christians. How thrilling and comforting is the thought that the Bible is a letter from God that he placed in our hands to lead us into a more fulfilling and happier life. Think about this. If an earthly monarch from the early ages wrote to you and left you a letter, this letter would be highly prized and would receive your most careful attention to make sure that there was no damage done to it, no altering done to it. Nothing should be more important than learning to know and following the guiding light of the Word of God. In it can be found many of the answers to the baffling problems of life. In it can be found answers to many of the situations that are causing anxiety, depression at this time in Earth's history. In the Bible, you will discover that it is more than just a textbook. It is more than just a guide. It is a living power that gives new life. This is a book that has changed the life of so many people, effectual changes in the lives of thousands, delivering many from evil habits, delivering many thousands of people, fortifying against temptation, inspiring people to do noble deeds and righteous living. Its vitalizing power is also available to you. So in this lesson, we merely studied a few facts about the Bible. I pray that your interest and enjoyment will continue to increase as we go through these lessons, as we go through these studies. So here are a few brief review questions for you to go back in your own time, study to show that self-approved, and be a good Berean. What are the scriptures? Are both the Old and New Testaments included in them? How were the scriptures given? 
Why are the scriptures given to us? What is the best way to study the scriptures? What must we do in order to have the Holy Spirit to guide us in our study of the scripture? God's special book, the Bible. John Wesley once said, I want to know one thing, the way to heaven, how to land on that happy shore. Martin Luther said this about his study of the Bible. I study my Bible as I gather apples. First, I shake the whole tree that the ripest might fall. Then I shake each limb. And when I've shaken each limb, I shake each branch and every twig. And then I look under every leaf. So in your study, leave no passage unturned. Leave no book unturned. Leave no chapter unturned. Be a good Berean and study to show thyself approved. Martin Luther also warned, I'm afraid the universities will prove to be the great gates of hell unless they diligently labor to explain the holy scriptures and engrave them upon the hearts of the youth. I advise no one to place his child where the scriptures do not reign paramount. Every institution where men are not unceasingly occupied with the word of God must become corrupt. God's special book, the Bible. Be sure and go back, looking up each of the verses in your own Bible. This will help to strengthen your use of God's word. As you do so, take the time to highlight and underline each verse in your Bible. God's special book, the Bible. Again, your review questions. What are the scriptures and what is included in them? How were the scriptures given? Why were the scriptures given? How can we understand the scriptures? How may we have the Holy Spirit to guide us? If you would like to print out the review questions, you can go over to our website, ruachrunner.com. That's R-U-A-C-H-R-U-N-N-E-R.com. And simply print out the Bible study lesson and go through it at your own pace, your own time, and print out as many copies as you would like. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That's Psalms chapter 119, verse 89. A few quick facts about the Bible for you. The shortest chapter is Psalms chapter 117. Another fact, Ezra chapter 7, verse 21, contains all the letters of the alphabet except the letter F and the letter J. Also, the book of Esther chapter 8, verse 9, is the longest verse. John chapter 11, verse 35, is the shortest verse. And no one word has more than six syllables. The central theme of the Bible is God's redemption plan the restoration in the human soul of the image of God, the character of God. He who grasps this thought has before him an infinite field of study. Until next time, walk good, do good, be good. Tornado, I'm out. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to continue helping to support the show, you can do so by sharing it with others and posting about it on your social media. Also, Consider becoming a monthly sponsor of our podcast for as little as four ninety nine a month by visiting anchor.fm forward slash Ruach Runner and click that sponsor button. Until next time, Maranatha. <laughs>